Because I, you get all. Oh, finally, you get all of the answers, but all of the answers are Jesus. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 107 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. Sorry it's been two weeks since our last episode, but Kevin, I've got good news. It wasn't, actually, because you, you posted the Video Games Taco. Okay. So I guess well, it was two weeks since our, our last episode. Yeah. Sure. Let, me, let me start this bit again. Kevin, I've got good news. <laughs> yes. All of our financial woes are over. Oh, yeah. Because I have in my hand a check. I have a check from the Minnesota Workers' Compensation Assigned Risk Plan yeah, in I'm, the amount, I know Kevin, this is for. <laughs> of $1 billion. Oh, really? Uh, that's, that's a billion orders of magnitude higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I might, I might have imagined nine zeros <laughs> in that number. Uh, no, in fact, on closer examination, this is a check for $1. Yeah. I got I got the same letter. Well, I got a letter explaining why it was for a dollar. So they sent us a check for a dollar, and then they sent a letter explaining, ju- like, oh, just because we did not waste enough money. <laughs> yeah. Sending, mailing someone a check for a dollar. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, I know you're in not- a solid platinum envelope. <laughs> I uh, I was like, just keep it. Like I I, the thought that went through my head was just keep it. Like don't, a don't send me this letter explaining that you're going to send me a dollar and B, don't send me the dollar. I mean, I get that there's just some software that's like, oh, we're sending somebody some money, so we're going to send them a letter saying, hey, look out for this money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that the entire process is automated and the like the amount of effort that is wasted either folding these things or putting them in the envelopes or handing them to the postal people and all the postage and I don't know. This looks machine folded. You think? It is in a solid platinum envelope, though. So that's even more waste. But it says do not melt on it. And I, I mean... Is it like they, a federal they, crime to melt uh, an envelope that has been sent through the, the postal service? Yeah, probably. It's the same as melting money. Mm. Uh, boy. Do don't you, ever employ anyone, Do kids. you want to go see the postal service live? Do I want to go see the Postal Service? Like, I see him every day as my diligent mailman delivers our mail. Uh, because uh, <clears throat> I think the entire Postal Service is playing a show in San Francisco in July. What, all of them? <laughs> yes. God, no wonder they're going broke. Yeah, I know. That's that going to be a lot of weird like little pit That is an exorbitant expense. Yeah, uh, yeah, extravagance is the word that I really wanted. Thanks. <laughs> uh, how you guys been? Sick as a dog. Yeah. Now that's that must really suck for you. Uh, yes, I was putting. What kennel. happened to you, man? You were so healthy for so long. Yeah, I mean, you I, moved back to a place where the sun doesn't shine. All the it time. was it was a combination of moving to Chicago and having a broken wrist, um, that kind of fucked me over, because I couldn't climb for a long time, and then I, w- I came to a place where they don't even have climbing walls. They don't even have walls. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so drafty, and you always catch your death of cold. <clears throat> it is the Windy City. Oh, right, yeah, the, the drafty drafty city, they call it. Yes. This is my second-to-last show from uh, Chicago, though. Oh, good. Yeah, we got to figure out how we're going to, uh, how we're going to, you know, in this divorce, we got to figure out who's going to get which parts of the studio. <laughs> so I'm thinking that we carry... 
three quarters of these towels and carpet remnants <laughs> that are tacked to the walls with us to San Francisco. Okay. So that we can cover 100% of the walls of our tiny apartment. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Yeah. I, that actually is a question. Are we? Should we just like set up in one of our closets, or closets like there are is not large enough for us? To there is that. not a lot of real estate. I mean, we have. Well, to... I mean, I can sit in a pretty small space. I okay. <laughs> I mean, I sleep in a coffin that is mostly filled with the earth of my homeland. True. <laughs> so you'd point. be you'd be really surprised how little space I need. Is your does your steam room pipe in uh, hot water from your homeland as well? Uh, yeah, it does. Interesting. Um, it's sort of a mud bath. Yeah, it's a mud bath. And, yeah. <laughs> and milk. Uh, milk from the maidens of my homeland. Yeah, maidens don't produce milk. <laughs> I mean, they can. <laughs> they get milk out of cows. Curds. Sure, I guess, no, I mean, I guess, homeland. like, babies can produce witches' milk. Yeah. And that seems like something what? a vampire would bathe in. You never heard yeah. of this riff? This yeah. is a real thing. It's a real thing. I don't think I want to hear about it. Uh, infant, <laughs> in, infant girls will sometimes lactate, and that is referred to as witch's milk. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I know. That's fucked up. I'm not sure I it's wanted to have heard that. bunch of things you don't want to think about all at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, all of those things are happening. Um, yeah. You know, in, in like, what, in like 10 days. 10 days you're leaving, and we're... Yeah. Uh, We'll we're we're going to be one show one interim show in Arizona and then and we're yeah, we're going to be bi-coastal. We're going to have uh, we're going to have a, a permanent ish presence in both Arizona and San Francisco. Gosh, <laughs> each of each of the coasts of the newly seceded California and Arizona Republic. Um, also, the way that Arizona decides to secede is by nuking New Mexico into an ocean. <laughs> I saw this uh, uh, this cool picture of uh it's the this like desert in Brazil, I guess it's coastal coastal dunes. So it's not like that far from the ocean necessarily. But uh, this so time you, of year, so a beach. Well, but it isn't a beach. It's 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 inland enough that you can't see the ocean. Oh, um, okay. But it rains a bunch, and then between these sand dunes are all of these fresh these like temporary freshwater lakes that that pop into existence for like a month and then hmm. disappear. And it seems like it'd be a really cool place to go vacation if you could actually get there. You could get like a combination ATV and submarine <laughs> and just tear ass down a dune and so then through a lake. Yeah. It's not yeah, really an ATV if it can't go on the sea. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, guess, yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if it doesn't have an oxygen supply, the moon is a type of terrain. <laughs> right. So, you know, it can't, it can't operate if there's no land. Well, you know, you get some sick air going off the top of a dune. Sure. Ah, uh, man. There are, uh, you know, so there are those dunes inland just east of San Diego mm-hmm. that we used to drive past mm-hmm. all the time. People people do a lot of tearing ass on ATVs around those dunes. Oh, do they? Is that a is that like a, a big yeah? That's a that's a thing. You go there, you go there, and you rent ATVs, and you can go up and down these dunes. Is sandboarding a thing? Hmm. I think uh, I like you. That. Uh, like you sort of lean somebody back and you pour sand up their nose to make them think they have sand up their nose. <laughs> well, yeah. That, it's, yeah, mean, like that's weird. If you put sand in your nose, it tricks your body into believing you have sand in your nose. That's like the first step to making one of those voodoo shrunken heads, right? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you pack it, pack it with sand so when you cook it, it doesn't deform too much. Yeah. It's not exactly sandboarding, but when I was a kid in the summer, I used to sled down hills that were all covered in pine needles. 
which huh. worked like they were. It was like super slick because they've got kind of like a an oily surface to them, and it worked really well unless you like crashed, in which case it was just really really painful. Yeah, I guess the modern variation is the sliding down the hill filled with hypodermic needles. Yeah, that's true. I actually found out some sad news uh, that. There, there's like some crazy raging wildfires in Colorado, and one of them started like less than a mile from my old house, oh, where I grew up. So I, I don't think it got burned up, but it it was all very close, um, which made me uh, really sad because I used to play with fire out in the woods a lot. <laughs> well, that should make you feel lucky that yeah, well, no, this one does. probably wasn't you, unless it was unless it was like a, a real slow burn. Yeah, really, really Man, old. Did match. you have like? A favorite hollow tree that you hit that you hid your comic books and porn collection in? I didn't. I okay. Because okay. that tree's probably long gone. You know, uh, when I when we first moved to Arizona, we uh, we we hung out with some people here who taught us a thing that they did when they were kids, which was sledding. Uh, but you would just go to a grocery store that sold a block of ice. Mm-hmm. And you would put a towel, you would fold up a towel and put it on top of the block of ice, and then you would sit on the towel and slide down a hill. Huh. Sitting wow, on the really? on the ice. Yeah. Like just a grass hill? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It'd go pretty fast. I mean ice you know, it yeah. starts to melt How... immediately and it gets slippery. G- can you give me like an example of dimensions for a block of ice? Because I'm I'm imagining like a twelve inch by twelve inch by twelve inch cube. Uh no, let's say a twelve inch by six inch by four inch is is probably how they how they do it interesting it's like i i imagine it's like a 10 or 20 pound block of ice okay i don't really understand why i mean it seems like if you were selling ice to like people who are 150 years old that's how they'd want it because they're used to using (laughs) an ice pick to chip off a piece of ice to put in there or it goes in in a little cabinet at the top of their ice box yeah Yeah, I don't really understand why that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're building some sort of ice fortress, if you're doing a any video game LARP, you'd need you know you know it's it's much easier to pave the floor with those than it is to just <laughs> scatter ice cubes everywhere. Have you, you might accidentally like get some a, traction on the ice cubes. A building made out of ice or no? Salt I or would anything? I would really like to <clears throat> yeah, with salt. Crazy. Yeah, in Bolivia, I went to a hotel that was made out of salt. <laughs> Huh, how'd they do that? It was, it's in the, it's in like the crazy large salt flats that they have out there. So they would just cut blocks out of the salt flats and built, they built a structure out of huh. it. Because I had heard that like in the hotel made of ice that they do every year in Sweden, they, they have a bar where they serve drinks that are served in glasses made of ice. Oh, Did they nice. do the same thing with glasses made of oh. salt? Because that seems like it'd be really fucking gross. Well, I mean... I guess if you were drinking it would a Bloody be reminiscent Mary, of some would... of the margaritas we've had. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure, you could do margaritas if you drank them fast enough, I suppose. Now that would that would be real bad, even if you drank it real fast. <laughs> I don't know that you could. I don't you, know that there is an amount of time so that is don't little disturb, enough time for a margarita to be in a glass made of salt. If you don't disturb the liquid at all, and you drink from the top and or middle of it, you might be able to get a. A portion of it that isn't just foul. If you had a straw, yeah, exactly. I was. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I was just assuming a straw because mm. the idea of touching my lips to a, ma- a glass made of salt, was <laughs> yeah, just, just just instantly dries up. Yeah, you would just be desiccated. I mean, di- yeah, 
So I feel like in the Swedish thing, they also like the sheets or the bed sheets are made of ice. See, now you're just making shit up. Uh, yeah, but uh, I plausible. think the furniture was made of. Yeah, ice. the beds are made yeah. of ice, but, but they they probably have the bedding antelope is furs. Yeah. On, yeah. I don't know, on, yeah, you know antelopes, barbarian those, skins. Uh, <laughs> those uh, those the most Arctic of animal, <laughs> the gazelle. It's uh, the pronking springbok, polar lion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, what, have you have you uh, have you been up to anything other than coughing and sleeping, Kevin? Not really. I watched um, the most recent season of Mad Men while laying in bed, uh, and I have some sort of half memories of watching some Twilight Zone episodes. But I feel like that. <laughs> Could just be hallucinations. Mm. I'm not yeah. Really sure. Yeah, it's really hard to tell the difference between weird dreams and episodes of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, did you have a dream to serve man? <laughs> um, I, I've only uh, we've only watched uh, maybe a season into Mad Men. Does it continue to be good? I yeah, it's it's got a lot of sort of deep character development. Um, it's I mean it's it's kind of. So do they? Do they? Do they, is it all about people growing out of their outmoded sexist sensibilities? Yeah, not at all. Yeah, because I don't want anything to do with that. No, it's it's. I mean, it's definitely um, it definitely goes full bore into misogyny and or sexism. Is it about how cigarettes are good for your T zone? Mm-hmm. T zone. Has it yet? Has it become? Did it become at some point Don Draper's idea to suggest that people take two Alka Seltzers instead of one, <laughs> Not, which actually, was apparently just a real advertising move that made Alka Seltzers start selling twice as much of their product? <laughs> hey, why don't you just pretend that you're supposed to take two of them instead of one? Oh, okay. <laughs> the there was a season, or maybe season and a half, where they didn't really do any of the sort of neat advertising tie-ins which was kind of depressing because it was the first season had a lot of that which was really cool and then they kind of backed off from that and then they brought it back because i think people complained um actually having clients come in and then having to actually make pitches and seeing just sort of the advertising process it became a lot more just about character for a while which was okay but i feel like you know like house is a, is fundamentally a character drama, but there's always certain sort of medical puzzle that happens, right? And that's kind of what makes it right successful. Huh. I feel like the way that I watched it, it was primarily a medical puzzle show, and then it had some character development. Huh. Interesting. I mean, so did you watch the whole it, series, or did you I just didn't. Watch it? I didn't, and part of it was that I knew that at a certain point, all of the characters except House were not going to be on it anymore. Oh. So I just did not get uh. even a little bit invested in that. Like these are just replaceable. These are just foils for him. Which I mean, they are right. Like sure. the show is about that guy, right? Not not just about where he lives. Which you there's might that think. one episode that has Robin Tunney on it. Robin Tunney is a national treasure. Also, everyone should track down the movie Niagara, Niagara. Oh, I thought you were going to say the movie National Treasure. Oh, no. <laughs> everyone should also do that. That is sadly probably way easier to find than the movie Niagara, Niagara, but Niagara, Niagara is fucking good. Hmm. National it's, Treasure uh, is not the worst movie I've ever seen. I no, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's got Nicolas Cage it and does. the Constitution in it. Is that? Yeah. It's, I mean, it is over the top, but it's, it's, 
sort of brain and eye candy in the same way that like Dan Brown is kind of yeah well I mean it's that's those are those are very much in the same vein right yeah yeah you know what I want is a movie okay here's the perfect movie it's a heist to steal the Declaration of Independence (laughs) because it's because the Declaration of Independence is a map to a cave filled with booby traps and pirate treasure and Matthew Lillard is okay. is like the prankster who is he's like sort of the wizard in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon like he keeps goofing off and everybody's mad at him but then his hijinks always accidentally create exactly the set of circumstances they need to proceed like he rolls a big old doobie with the Declaration of Independence as the rolling paper <laughs> and takes a big puff off of it which reveals hidden ink that ah. allows them to avoid certain death at some sort of pipe organ made out of human bones. Right. I am 100% sold on this movie. Turns out the treasure is just really potent weed from a long time ago. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. But then they could just sit George Washington's s- secret s- stash. Yeah, yeah. I grew hemp, it says on all the dollar bills, and that turns out to have also been a secret code. <laughs> <clears throat> Where's George.com slash he's high? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is a pretty good movie. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw that now you see us movie, which I can't I can't really recommend it. I don't, which what? So it's about some it? magicians that right? Okay, it's do, the one that's got all those comedy people it's in it. Heist magic, huh, okay. comedy people. Isn't it got like Steve Carell and Jim Carrey and no? Oh, you're huh. thinking you're of thinking a different. Of... You're thinking of a different movie about magicians. Burt wow. Wonderstone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> this has got Jesse You would Eisenberg. think they would spread their magician movies out a yeah, little. Yeah. They always come in clusters. It it is it has got to uh, be intentional. It has got to be studios hearing about another studio yeah. making a movie yeah. and then being like, "Shit, we got to get on this." Ah, shit. The shed out back is infested with magicians. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's meteorites sawing the rafters in half. <laughs> it's, it's giant asteroids hitting the planet. It's sure. Uh, it's ants. It's ants and a bug's life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's it is. It happens way too often to be coincidence, right? It's it's big and that other movie about how we're all gonna die and there's no point to anything. <laughs> Freaky Friday and Freaky Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Those were very similar. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street and a Nightmare on Elm Street Two. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, did not, in fact, come out at exactly the same time, but right. you know what I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <sighs> anyway, they're magicians and they steal money. Okay. And then there's a guy that is like Vincent D'Onofrio and Zach Braff had a child. But you don't, even though it's a heist movie with magicians, you don't particularly recommend it. No, it's it's pretty forgettable. Hmm. It's got it's got Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, people I've never heard of, Morgan Freeman, and so there's so there's Mark Ruffalo who is like five years older or ten years older Zach Braff, and then there is a girl who is basically like Julie Delpy two point oh. Um. Which I don't know what the real I don't know what Julie Delpy 1.0 is up to these days, but it's probably just not being. I don't even know who that is. Impish and and, and pixie like anymore. She was in 
before sunset and before sunrise and be- I think before sunrise was the first one she was the title character in Killing Zoe oh okay I didn't um, see that yeah she's pl- a plucky French gal who basically vanished like 15 years ago huh maybe the magicians got her although no <laughs> Kevin you watch enough movies that you have probably seen at least one movie a year with Julie Delpy in it probably for the <clears> last <throat> 10 years Anyway, Riff, what have you been up to? Um, not much. I started watching old episodes of The Prisoner again. How many of those episodes are there? Seventeen. Hmm. So it's like it's like the Firefly of its day. Yeah, kind of. It's pretty Except good with more beach ball robots. Yeah, more totally incomprehensible psychedelic things and hmm. spies. Do they have like a like a go go boot freakout party? At some point, not as such. <laughs> it seems more, like the kind of thing that would more, have that in uh, it, though. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, uh, it's more. I don't know. Quietly British. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess go-go boots were kind of a British thing at the time, but that was like younger British audiences, and this is okay. so. This wasn't. This wasn't like laughing. No. Okay. Just weird. It's the more of the nightmarish side of psychedelia, mm. I guess, because it's all, it's all uh, sort of dystopian. Yeah, dystopian and uh, spies playing mind games, trying to brainwash other spies and things like that. Well, what about video games? Have you guys been playing any video games? I played a bunch of. Well, I played all of. Uh, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and the first half-ish of Oracle of Seasons. Were those Game Boy Color? I think Game Boy Advance. Uh, Okay. I'm not Did you play them on your 3DS? Yes. They're out on the eShop just recently for like five bucks a piece. And I was super amazed because it's two top-down Zeldas that I've never played before and they were friggin' awesome and they're like five bucks each. Huh. So it's a fantastic deal if you've never played them before. Do they have any of that stuff that drove me nuts about uh, Link's Awakening? Like, do you have to... Are you... Like how you have... A button and B button and your sword yeah, is one that, button. Yeah, so, so that will is... determine what system they were on, right? Because the Game Boy Advance had four buttons. Oh, so, okay. So right? it must have been Game Boy Color then, probably. So it's, it's just two buttons. It's yeah, because I was going to say, like, the, the Minish Cap was game, the Game Boy Advance Zelda, mm-hmm. and there was another one. Uh, four Swords yeah, was on the Game Boy yeah, Advance, yeah. and they ported A Link to the Past to the Game Boy Advance. The the two button thing is is not a big as big of a problem as it was for uh, Link's Awakening because they uh, they mapped the the spare Y button to select so you can bring up your map on the third button. I wish that they had mapped the X button to start so you could bring up your inventory on the fourth button, but for some reason the fourth button does nothing. So you huh. still have to move your thumb over to start to get to your inventory to swap your tools around. But it's it's it, it did not seem as big of a hassle to me as it did with Link's Awakening. Yeah, I mean, all, what I remember about Link's Awakening is I've tried to play it a bunch of times, and every time I get to some dungeon where you have to spend a lot of time with Swapping. the ability to jump, mm-hmm. and 
I I I feel compelled to switch back to like the boomerang when I don't need to jump because the boomerang rules. That's not as much of a problem in uh, Oracle of Ages because there is no boomerang. Oh. Or bow. There's it's it's kind of fascinating actually. It had a lot of it had a bunch of tools that I've never seen in any other Zelda game. Like and what? There's uh, a bag of seeds. You can find like five different seeds and they're they're like elemental type stuff and they're largely replacements for other stuff. There's like, like the fire seed is your candle replacement and your, the uh, whirlwind seed is your whistle that summons the duck replacement and things whirlwind like that. Whirlwind seed? Yeah. It's like a little tornado when you throw it on the ground. Okay. And later you get a gun that shoots these seeds so you can use them as ammunition as your sort of elementally aligned bow replacement. So like lighting a candle across a gap or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Does it have the stupid feather that lets you jump? Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has the, uh, instead of the, um, what do you call it? It, it, it? Hook shot? Hook shot. Instead of the hook shot, it's the switch shot. Uh, I want to, I want to, tell you listeners the way that riff communicated hookshot <laughs> was by holding his palm up parallel to the wall and then moving his palm <laughs> towards and away from the wall you understood i did but what the fuck what like that is nothing like the hookshot so well like it's kind of like hadouken which kind of sounds like hookshot <laughs> it's not even real like he would have needed both palms but uh, instead of the hook shot, it's the switch shot, which instead of dragging you towards the item you hook, it swaps your location with that item. Oh, okay. And it works on monsters and stuff, too. So there's a few puzzles where, like, there's a gap that you can't get across, but there's a monster wandering around on the other side of that gap, so you can grab him and swap locations <laughs> with him. Um is it a situation a where if you kill the monster remember. with your gun, you're just screwed? Well, yeah, until you well, leave yeah, and come back in. Yeah, you have in, to leave right? the room I mean, and come back in, yeah. It's Zelda. There's a... Uh, the Oracle of Ages has a, a light world, dark world thing going on, except since it's a, the plot is time-based, so it's the past world and the present world. Uh, the, the puzzles are actually... I found... It's been a while since I played... Link to the past, but I feel like the puzzles in like the light world, dark world puzzles long. in this one were a lot more complicated and interesting, which was cool. Yeah, the, a link to the past was more or less just like go somewhere, and then yeah. when you transit across, you're in a place you couldn't get to. Yeah, and, as opposed to like, and this does that too, but they're they're more complicated paths. Well, they're but the light world mazy. and the dark world have a less sort of robust causality relationship mm -hmm. than past and present of the same world, right? Yeah, yeah. So that hmm. kind of follows. That you wouldn't, you can't really do things in the dark world that fundamentally change things in the light world and right. going to the past. I mean, I guess you like empty that. Yeah. Actually, that, is that, that, is that, that true or, or does that, or does that move across? You know, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember if that puzzle actually involves doing something in the other world or if it's just but in the in the past world you get you know the regular raft that lets you move around but in the uh in the present world instead of a raft there's a lizard named dimitri whose back you can ride around on and he can eat monsters and you can pick him up and throw him across gaps with the uh, power bracelet what 
Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> and was the raft like an egg? <laughs> no, it was just a regular raft. So I don't know. <laughs> do you not carry your stuff with you? Or, you like, do. do your objects change? That would. No. Uh, yeah, you keep all your all your gear. There's um, there's a fairly elaborate. Uh, I don't know elaborate. There's a fairly long FedEx quest where a lot of the a lot of the links are you know taking taking uh taking my this vase that has been in my family to in for generations back in time to give it to the first member oh, of that family that's kind of cool <laughs> and yeah things like that so yeah it's a uh, super super good i was really impressed with it i it's it it may be my favorite top down zelda hmm. which means that it may be my favorite zelda <laughs> Wow. But. Well, I think I might try to figure out. Is it because this is actually the first Zelda you played, but you're doing some sort of weird backwards in time uh, (laughs) Zelda situation? Yeah, possibly, possibly. All right, bets on how long it will take me to start playing this game once I have decided to purchase it. (laughs) Well, if you can go back in time and cause you to have already purchased it. Right. So if if I can go back to yesterday... And make it so my 3DS has a charge. <laughs> and then go back to prior to when I'm sure whatever credit card I have on file with Nintendo <laughs> expired. Oh, the other thing that's really neat is that the uh, the two of them, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, they have this... Um, this password feature where once you finish, you can play either one of them first. Once you finish that one, it gives you a password to start a new game on the other one. And that changes some of the plot moments in the second one you play so that it's more properly a sequel. And also there are more characters that you run into in the second one and they give you passwords to take back to the first game and tell to characters in the first game and they give you return codes that you take back to the second game to get like power-ups and tool upgrades and stuff. Huh. So it's pretty interesting. Do you think that that was <clears throat> a design-driven thing or do you think it was a marketing-driven like thing? A, like, like a sales gimmick where you just yeah. had to, had to it buy it them. Apparently it was a design-driven thing because originally the plan was for there to be three games. It, one for each section of the Triforce. And Ages was Triforce of Wisdom and Seasons was Triforce of Power and consequently Ages is a little more puzzly and uh, Seasons is a little more combat-focused. Combat-oriented. Um, and the third Triforce of Heart uh, was more of a, like a dating scene. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any idea what their plan was for what that. What is the but, third Triforce? What is uh, the Courage. Courage. Okay. Uh, but so, they, so that they was decided... Like, that was like a early like a amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, ev- wow, evidently, they, horror game. they decided they didn't have the time or resources to do three of them, so they, just, they ended up doing just the two. I feel like if... Well, maybe not. Like, what... Do they incentivize when a new pair of Pokemon games comes out? Is there a reason that if you are a diehard Pokemon fan that you have to buy both of them? There are Pokemon that can only be collected in one color or the other. So usually you would you would have to trade with somebody to get them. Okay. So if you're if you're alone in the world, 
humans yeah. by both. You because I both, feel like but then you'd also need like two, a link two cable. Or, yeah, you'd need two DSs. Yeah. Releasing two games now where there were plot power, there were power ups and plot elements that were only unlocked if you also bought another game. That would get you. That would get you yelled at on the internet. Yeah, well, probably. unless it was some sort of cool like Dictionary of the Khazars like thing, right? Uh, I don't have any idea what those words mean. Yeah, I, Jenny has talked about that. It's like her favorite thing, and I I have the, never read it, and well, I barely I mean, understand it. If it's her favorite thing, of course you don't know. <laughs> Damn! It is, it's a book, and That's there's a male, version, a male version and a female version of the book. And but what's had, like, what's the actual difference between it's a, them? They're diction, they have different definitions for words. Because huh. So is this like Ambrose Bierce's The Devil's <clears throat> Dictionary? Yes. Only one of them is all bitches. They'd be all crazy and shit. What and I was then in the girls' is, version, it's like bitches—a word no one should ever say. You could you could have a you could have like a, a sort of an interesting art game uh, that was also for sale <laughs> that encouraged you to get both. <laughs> and I think it would be uh, lauded uh, for its uh, its you know fresh take on whatever gender politics or uh, race the race war. Well, keep this in mind because we got to come up with this stupid gimmick game that we released like a week before the IGF <laughs> for this year. What? Yeah, we got a we got a secret plot to uh, yeah. Kevin to, to Kevin, win the Kevin Kevin has a secret plot to prove a point. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's awesome. Available on the Nintendo eShop. Yep, and currently it's five bucks a piece. I think they go up to six bucks a piece at the end of the month or a little before the end Highway of the month. Way robbery. But yeah. Woo. Twelve bucks, man. Should only be six bucks, but you gotta buy both of them to get all the content. <laughs> Fucking day one DLC. Yeah, but all that content is <laughs> two Zelda games worth of content. Okay, that was the best feeling. Just I've I've finished right, uh, this like having two Zelda yeah, games. That... I just finished playing this super awesome Zelda game, and I've got an entire no another one still to play. It's the best. Yeah, it is. I mean. I kind of feel like I'm holding Link's Awakening in reserve for when I want to be able to play something. But then I think back to like, no, I keep trying to play it and getting bored and quitting. <laughs> like I mean, you did that with um, crap. One of the the recent assignments, the one before, um, before Super no, Metroid. No, Yoshi's whatever. Island. Yoshi's Island. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was a huge disappointment. So wow, did you have you seen the uh, screenshots of the the new Yoshi's Island? No. Oh, they look so terrible. It's like they they tried to reinterpret that sort of crayony, cartoony look into into three D, and it looks like garbage. I mean, it already looked like garbage. Like it's so it's just three three D garbage now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you've been playing for two weeks? Oh, I also, well, for most of the two weeks, but also for this uh, past few days, I've been playing the new Animal Crossing. Oh. Yeah, you had, a, you had like a conundrum naming your town. Yeah, the, the conundrum ended up being moot because I ended up starting over so that I can name it something else. What? Yeah. But my original plan was, um, I forget what the very first name I came up with was. I think it was... Uh, Kuntberg. 
something Kelthorpe. like that. <laughs> Scunthorpe or something. <laughs> but I think Scunthorpe is too many letters. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Is I discovered it was a limit of eight letters. So then I just uh, I thought of calling it redacted, so that every time somebody mentioned the town, it would say redacted. But it turned out that it's not just an eight letter limit. It's also a specific total width. And the the characters are are not monospace, so I I couldn't do what? eight capital letters. Okay, you know a lot more about this game than I do, given that I know nothing about it. But yeah. what possible fucking reason would they have to limit that? So the screen, only thing I can right? think of is that because a single Japanese character is two phonemes <clears throat> to our one that eight, an eight character space in Japanese is like 16 characters to us. And therefore they think that's plenty and don't, don't worry about making it any longer than yeah, that. But I mean, it's not and like, then when it gets like they translated, localized, they localized the entire game. It has to have occurred to somebody that I think just mechanically the way, probably the way it, it was coded it would have been too much work to alter the number of character spaces and yeah it's, it sucks but yeah but uh so uh, so then what i was what i did for a couple of days before i started over wait 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 so i your story was that you could not name the town redacted because the characters were too wide right yeah none of those characters are especially wide well, they're capital letters. Yeah, as as capital letters, they the the if 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 one of the vowels had been an I, it would have fit. Redicted. Yeah. <laughs> so what I ended up naming it was uh, bracket redact bracket, and and so I went with that for a little while. But then I just I realized how much the situation of your character in this game reminded me of the show The Prisoner. <laughs> So I decided to just start role-playing it as being the prisoner. So I ended up going back and uh, starting over a new village so that I could just name it Village. But, uh, yeah, name my character Number Six. And I designed a shirt that looks like the jacket that Number Six always wears and walk around talking with these animals and trying to figure out which ones are prisoners and which ones are guards and playing the nintendo games that the prisoner always played in the prisoner yeah <laughs> so yeah it's pretty cool it's a it's it's a it's a good uh you know half hour 45 minutes a day and it's like a little mini vacation and there's stuff to collect that is seasonal so it's spread out over the course of an entire year before you can complete the collection and and there's holidays, so there's always new content and weird stuff going on. Okay, so what is it that this game has that Glitch did not? I don't... Because it's pretty similar. It's a single-player game. Yeah, it's single-player. I don't really... So the one the one feature that Animal Crossing has that Glitch did not was the lack of multiplayer. <laughs> the lack features. of other people to annoy you. Uh, uh, well, no, right? except this does have multiplayer features because you can invite people in to hang out in your town. But um, but I mean, it's a bunch of collecting. It's a bunch of systems. I mean, and Glitch didn't really have any collecting. Sure, it did. It had crafting, and you gathered crafting material. Oh well, okay. I guess Couldn't there you was collect furniture. Stuff in your house. Yeah, yeah, there was furniture ultimately that you would get. Um, 
Yeah, is I don't know. I was theming? just never in my be theming is again very similar. Yeah. I mean, well, I get like the people the people you that you meet in Glitch are not like a pigs. weird donkey person, but you have more direct effect over the world in Animal Crossing, especially in this one because the you big the big selling and... well the big selling concept in this one is that you're actually the mayor of this town, and so there are various ordinances and things that you can you can declare to make the town, you know, either open earlier in the morning or later uh, at night and you say, All right, build a bridge here, build a fountain here. So as we're no gonna open a cafe over in that corner of the No one may attack mayors. Yeah. <laughs> as the mayor, are you are so, you so not the, then saddled with usurious crippling debt for the entire game? No, the you still you are. are Tom Nook is still a dick. Why the fuck can you not like just he's, he's totally number ex- two have him executed prisoner? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wish I could, but unfortunately, the the being mayor is utterly a, a puppet figurehead, just like it would have been in the prisoner. <laughs> it's Tom Nook is the one who really controls everything. Tom Nook is number two. Hmm. I'd like to take a number two <laughs> in a bag on his doorstep. <laughs> yep. So Animal Crossing and. Legend of Seasons. Legend of Seasons Ages. Dot Zelda. Yep. Dot com. What about you, Kevin? Um, <clears throat> I played quite a few things, actually, because uh, I w- was in San Francisco not needing to spend a-, a bunch of time looking for an apartment, but not having ready internet access, and uh, and then laying in bed so for a long time. <clears throat> um, uh, did you, any of you guys play Stickets at all? No, what is that? Uh, it is a new puzzle game. Oh, um, is that the new Tetris guy? One? No, that was Marbly oh, okay. or something, and okay. it was not very good. Carry on. It is, I was going to say that it is reminiscent of, kind of, like a combination of Tetris and a Match 3 game. Um, you you have to place, you get like a, a I think it's a 5x5 five five board um, and you are placing uh, L-shaped pieces of three blocks each um, that are that have one yellow, one red, and one blue tile on them, uh, randomly distributed. And you get a choice of four tiles uh, down at the bottom of the screen that you can drag and place on the board where you want. Um, and then any time you have a set of three or more of the same color that are connected, uh, you can clear them. Um, and so the goal is just to see how many um, how many blocks you can place. That's your score, is the number of blocks that you can place before it becomes impossible to place another bo- block. Um, I saw you, you posted a screenshot to Twitter. Yes. In an effort to impress people, and yes. I was just confused. <laughs> I mean, I was impressed because I was like, oh, Kevin figured out how to post to Twitter. The... Um, <laughs> Be, uh, the 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 designer of the game followed me because of that post and uh, Bennett Foddy actually. <laughs> oh well, um, but uh, <clears throat> I guess you'll be joining Steve Remo with all the <laughs> fancy people parties now. <laughs> no, it was just it was uh, so that that's the base mode. Then there is the same game but a timed version where each block that you place decays and you have 12 lives which are the number of blocks that can disappear before you um you lose and uh you have to 
if, if if you if you like clear sets of four blocks, you get one life back, and if you clear sets of five or more blocks, you get two lives back. Um, oh, and so are the are the size the size of the block is the extent to which it has decayed. Yes, it, your uh, screenshot was bewildering to me because it was like yeah. this is just a grid with a bunch of different shaped, different sized squares of different colors. At the at the point that I had posted that uh, I I was among so so okay so so the, you get the game and the only way that you can play it first is just the standard mode. You have to get a score of fifty or higher to unlock timed mode, which I did on my first game. I did I was like oh, this isn't hard, and then I started playing timed mode and I was like holy fuck this game is hard, um, and spent a bunch of time sort of learning how to play that, which is basically a different a totally different game. Um, and finally got a 61, which at the time was like the fourth highest score that had been posted. And I was among eight people that had unlocked the puzzle mode, which is the third mode of the game, which is a bunch of just like interesting sort of... Like a time mode with fixed like set of game... pieces? Or... No, 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 no. Completely different, <clears throat> completely different game mode, which is just like actually interesting sort of abstract puzzles that fall out of how this game is constructed um and the last puzzle is awesome and hilarious and uh yeah i don't want to spoil it for anybody but you don't want to spoil it for any of the other eight people who uh, might possibly be able to play it (laughs) i guess i think it's fairly safe to assume that those seven people are not listening there are like 20 or 30 people that have unlocked it so far Hmm. No, I think there there are twenty or thirty people that have unlocked it at this point. Uh, so. What does it anyway, say about anyway, what does it say I, about me as, as puzzles, your I, friend I, that the fact that you are really good at and really excited about this game makes me think that I would hate it. <laughs> makes you not want to play it. Yeah, it kind of makes me not want to play it. I mean, you might like the the standard <clears throat> mode. Oh, you might like little sissy really? baby mode. I would not recommend the timed mode to to basically anybody <laughs> unless they were really excited about hard puzzles. So maybe Riff, you don't actually like solving really hard puzzles. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't. You like making uh, hard puzzles. What what is the name? Yeah. Of, what is the name of this game again, Kevin? I was about to say I don't like puzzles that abstract. The game is. But I do like Nurikabe, so that's not true. Stickets. Stickets. Yeah. Um, so another iOS game. So that stickets is iOS in case that wasn't clear. Um, uh, so another iOS game, which I don't understand how I didn't hear about this cause it is fucking great is Badland. Did you guys, have you guys heard of this? I downloaded I it at your recommendation so. and played a little bit of it and I was not super in love with it. Really? It's, it's really, really, really well made. Um, so this one I would say is sort of like a combination or a cross between um, Limbo and Cannibalt, which is sort of a weird... Um, so it's like spiders kill you in a dystopian future. <laughs> and yes. birds and it's a, fly and it's a single away. button game. It's a single button game, um, which I feel like they do a really good job of exploring sort of like a... I mean, it's not an endless runner, I guess, but it is a designed level that you primarily move in one direction and 
there are just dozens of different ways that you interact with the environment and like different kinds of like power ups although power up is sort of a weird word to use because it's it's just ways in which you change and your relationship to the environment changes um but they almost everything has both a, a benefit and a drawback um hmm. and the theming and art are really really nice yeah it's um, super pretty looking yeah it is it is just such a solid game even if you don't like it i feel like you have to you like you'd have to argue you'd have to agree that it is like just really well crafted yeah it's pretty uh, I, th- what i didn't like about it was that it was really stressful like I, I huh. found, I found myself in these situations where I was just like, you know, I just have to give up because I, I'm, I missed the thing that I was supposed to do one too many times, and so now it's just this process of waiting for the auto scrolling to kill me. Huh. Uh, Did you feel that way just just trying to get to the end of the levels, or were you trying to get some of the challenges? I don't even know what a challenge is. <laughs> oh, so that's <laughs> yeah. That explains a lot. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no. So the game, the game does not tell you at all when you're playing through it that um, <clears throat> that there are challenges, right? Like it is. It's, it's it's just really. I I did not have the same problem when I first started playing it. I just sort of went through it and enjoyed each level like you know i would i would sometimes die and reset and have to like go back to an earlier point or whatever um but i got through the whole first chapter if you will um in one sitting and only then did i go to the menu and and notice that each level has like a effectively like three different stars that you can collect um which are different little challenge modes for each level um and then I realized, oh, wow, so this is, like, relatively fun. And unlike your playthrough where you found it really stressful, um, I found it really kind of relaxing just playing through it normally and then really challenging and frustrating at times, but not in, a, in an unfair way uh, trying to complete all the challenges. I think part of, uh, the, part of the stress was me not precisely understanding how the controls worked for a while. Like, I thought... The, and there's no instructions. Yeah, I thought any, you were. I thought you time. were like tapping to flap as opposed to holding down to sort of drift upwards. Right. Or, I mean, there. I guess there are like tips when each level loads, but that's about the only sort of nudges you get in any kind of. But I kind of like that. I kind of like that they just sort of dumped you there, and you had to. Yeah. Figure stuff out. Tutorials stifle player creativity. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, there's also a multiplayer mode uh, where you play with multiple people on the same screen, which on an iPhone sounds like it would be terrible, but I played with Melissa, and it was actually really fun. Hmm. Um, and you can play up to four people. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if it... I assume that... The, you each get like a quadrant. A, you do. You, you basically get a quadrant that you touch, and then it's basically like a race, but there's all these crazy funky things happening where you're like... you're cloning yourself and you're like some sometimes some people are getting really big and other people are getting really small and some people are getting like bouncy upgrades and other people are getting sticky ones and stuff it's it's nuts it's really it's it's crazy I, it, it is a good game uh, i i 
cannot recommend it enough. Um, Say the name of it again. Badland. No S uh, at all. Just it's not like land. sad land. Right. And <laughs> it was a four bucks. Bad's land. Bah land. <laughs> bad, four bucks on bad uh, sand. iTunes. <laughs> um, at your recommendation, I played uh, a little bit of Verbosity or Verbosity. Yeah, that was a neat little, uh, a neat yeah. little experimental thing. I had forgotten about that, and I did not... Uh, I did not write it down on my list of things that I played, but it totally is. I liked the idea of it a lot. It was a it's a grid of letters, um, and you plop down a town hall to begin with, and then you get you collect all the letters that were underneath your town hall, and then the rest of the game is trying to think of names of buildings or structures, I guess, um, that you can then put in this sort of I, I don't I didn't actually count, but probably like. 30 by 30 ish grid of letters um, that are connected by roads. Yeah, it starts with some roads on it, and when you put a building down, it surrounds that building with, with, road. with roads. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're, it's got a couple of. So there's. It's just this. As far as I can tell, it's just a randomized grid of letters. So you have to strategize where you put down your first building so that you will be able to make another word, another building word out of it. And then strategize where you put that one to get some additional letters and eventually letters don't become a limiting factor it becomes like the challenge becomes like thinking of new structure names because you don't get as many points for repeats and stuff like hmm. um and then there's like there's like some tiles are bonus tiles which multiply or um what is that they detract i, I didn't exactly values. understand they multiply like if you put an apartment on that, it gives mm -hmm. you twice as much population. Is that and points? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you want to like you want to save your, you know. I think and I I think a long term strategy for this would be to save all of your really big buildings for the the really big um, bonus tiles. But I think that would be really hard given all the constraints of collecting the letters that you need in the right locations and stuff it's also it's, the game is only as good as its dictionary and its dictionary is not great right it, it it was pretty good but there were a bunch of frustrating bits to it yeah um i mean it i and i don't mean to be disparaging about it because i think that this was a game that was made in like a week for a game jam right so it's yeah. verbo city uh, here. In addition to that, um, I went back and uh, finished Bastion. I was oh. like oh, a little over halfway done with that, and that was something that was on my list of things to do once Word Realms was released. <laughs> um, and then just today, just a little bit before the um, the podcast, I played a little bit of Gunpoint, uh. which is super interesting. It sounds really cool. I've been waiting for the for a Mac version to come out before I play it. Just, you've got dual boot, just get it. Yeah, but then I have to boot in Windows. It, it's like, <laughs> it's like an hour. The whole game oh, is like an hour. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, it's not. I spent maybe, I spent like maybe half hour, hour on it and didn't feel like I had made it very far through the game. I want to, I want to say that there are maybe like 10 missions or 12. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was really, I was really surprised. Like I was ex I, I was expecting there to be a lot more to it, but I was really happy with what there was. Like I feel, I felt like it was 
at its length, it was a really good use of my time. Huh. Because there are five missions in what I would consider the tutorial. Yeah, but it's not really a tutorial. I mean, it's it's you, you know, unlocking tools. Kind of. Sure. Uh, maybe huh. maybe it's maybe it's more like two hours. I, yeah, I, I don't actually remember. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like I played that much of it and I finished it. So okay. I I like it a lot and I like the idea of it a lot. I am am frustrated by some of the fiddliness of it because there are bits that require precise timing, and there were situations where I had I needed to have three hands because I needed to move my character, click on something with the mouse, and move the the visible portion of the screen, which was three sets of controls. Um, and I had two seconds to do all of that, which was really frustrating. Huh. Hmm. Were you uh, trying to play it like without ever being seen? Or... Yes. Okay. Yeah, without, without ever being seen, without like... And like also trying to get a reasonably fast run and that kind of thing. There's, there's a bunch of like metrics. It's kind of like Space Cam in the way that like there's a bunch of metrics that it yeah you. it just doesn't show you how other people do necessarily. Yeah, I kind of wish that it had so that I had felt some incentive to try and improve. Like I, in every case, I solved the level like with a full time bar, which is like just this is way mm. too long. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's twice the minimum time, which I, I, I feel like I, the, the first time I solved most levels, I did that, and then I would go back and try to get a better time. Right? Because I feel like the first time you solve the level, it's going to be tricky because you're trying to figure out all the different little puzzle bits. Yeah, I didn't go through, like, I didn't really go through, I didn't treat it like a puzzle game. I treated it like a simulation game. And, or not even like it, like, I treated it like a Deus Ex. Which was that, like, I am not going to put artificial constraints on my play. My goal is to get to the computer and hack it on each level and then get to the subway and leave. Hmm. Right? And if I have to beat up some dudes, that's fine. If I figure out a way, if it's fun to be clever and not get seen, I'll do it that way. Right. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't really, I didn't want to kill anybody. That was sort of the only self-imposed constraint that I put on. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to do as little violence as I can, but I, like, I'm not sure if somebody falls from one floor to the other, do they die or they just get knocked out? <clears throat> I think it's, it makes blood splatters if they die. Okay, if they, because if you shock them with a, an outlet, it's probably just knocks them out. Yeah, I think they don't die, and I don't know, I don't know if that counts as them becoming aware of you or not. It does not. Oh, okay. I, I think awareness is only if they see you. So. But I think they're aware of you if you, like, jump on them from behind and punch them unconscious. Like, they, they wake up and they're like, there was clearly a dude because someone punched me. So that counts as awareness. Whereas, as opposed to, like, uh, the coffee machine freaked out and then I went unconscious. Maybe they don't attribute that to an agent of the enemy. What I feel like the game needs is procedurally generated levels okay because it, it is a very it is a very systems heavy game but doesn't doesn't really go nuts with the systems i haven't i haven't gotten far enough in there to have that 
complaints, especially it's, it sounds. I I assume that there was a lot of game there, but maybe not. Maybe I mean, you know, I'm I might be okay with a game that takes two or three hours to finish and then you're done with it. Because, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need four Binding of Isaacs in my life or you know, whatever you know, like. Yeah, I mean, I just I I think that I don't. So I should rephrase. I don't think it needs that because it's pretty good the way that it is, and I really enjoyed it. You know, but I I played it, and I probably won't go back to it. Whereas if it had procedurally generated levels with increasing levels of challenge, I would maybe still be playing it. Like, you don't think that there'll be some sort of like level pack or something? I don't know. Maybe hmm. it's just you know it's just like one guy made it in Game Maker. Yeah. And oh, it was Game Maker. Yeah, it was made in Game Maker. Yep. Huh. It's pretty cool. It looks really nice. Like, I really, yeah. really like the art. Which, I guess it wasn't necessarily one guy. There was there was an artist. But one guy did the design and, and, the, some music. Design and the programming and the and the writing. Yeah. The writing was pretty good. It, like, felt like, you, it felt like stuff that we would do. Did you see that it was a guy who wrote for PC Gamer who then quit his job after he put it on sale because it did well enough? Yeah. 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 It's like the first game he's ever made. That's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. I didn't realize that he was working another job while he was doing it. I guess it took him like three or four years to make. Oh, wow. I mean, that it has a level of polish that yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. is pretty, pretty The The obvious. moving around, it feels so good. And like yeah. punching a dude is so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, have you, did you play much with the... Um, silent glass breaking that was like where i i stopped playing was I yeah was, i did that i did the demo level of that and i was like this is interesting but hard yeah i did it only when i absolutely needed to i love that like it has got it has got that n plus thing nailed where when you fail it's like all right do you want to rewind rewind time two seconds nine seconds or 20 seconds <laughs> and it's like ah, that is exactly what every fucking game yeah. should have always done <laughs> from the beginning of time. Is there a way to... I guess you can just abort the level. I was Because I, I, I just wanted there to always be the restart level option. There is. I'm, I'm, almost sure that, I'm almost sure that that menu always has a fourth button at the bottom that is restart the level. I... Is it? Okay. Because yeah. I thought that was only if you died. Boy, I had a really... Uh... Oh, sorry. No, what I mean is I want to be able to restart the level without dying. Huh? Oh. Like, like, I, like, like, when I realize that I have screwed up, like, I don't want to have to go and find a guard to shoot me to get that menu. I think you can. I think you can. I think you can just, like, hit escape and restart it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can escape and abort, and then you have to go through the dialogue to start it up again. Hmm. But that's... No, I think if you, go, subtle... if you go escape and then load game, you get the exact same menu, which has a restart oh. option. Okay. Um, All right. We'll find then. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I liked it. I uh No yeah. No we'll, What else have you been playing? We'll get to me. I uh well I played that and I also played the Swapper, which is another sort of puzzle mm. game that people have been talking about. And I don't like it. Okay. It's uh it's neat, it's atmospheric, and it's pretty, but I the the puzzles are hard in a way that I don't enjoy. Like I don't feel I don't feel any satisfaction from having solved them. Hmm. You know, it is a different group of people that talks about the swapper and stickets than it is a, that talk about gunpoint, right? 
And I think that's I think that might be the distinction, right? Like when Jonathan Blow praises a game for being good, it's gonna have crazy hard puzzles in it. And Yeah, did Jonathan Blow talk about the swapper a lot? Yes. Yeah, I mean so it's got it's got some like it's got some like sort of potentially depressing fundamental existential questions <laughs> Whee! Okay. in it, right? Because, I mean, a lot of what you are doing is, like, I'm going to survive a fall that I would otherwise not be able to survive by slowing down time right before I hit the ground, creating a clone of myself, and then trans- oh. transferring my consciousness to that clone so that the me that I started the jump in falls to his death. Wow. But I don't have to start the level over. But but it's basically like I think the reason that I don't care for the way that the puzzles work in the swapper is because there there is a bunch of what reads to me as like puzzles which require too fine a granularity of solution. Like there are too many different things for you to do. Too many verbs? No, there are there are too many ways in which, like, there are puzzles where there are like say three switches, and you have to make enough clones of yourself and position them in such a way that when you move everyone to the left, everybody ends up standing in a specific spot. And you know sometimes there's a little ledge that will stop one of your dudes to give you some margin for error or whatever, but it is. It's just, it's one of those things where you have to extrapolate, like, you have to think too many moves ahead, and because huh. the moves are so analog, it is it is very difficult for me, given my sort of limited spatial skills, to, to kind of predict what's going on. So every time I solve a puzzle, I feel like it was an accident, rather than feeling like I had figured something out. Huh. In... Going back to gunpoint for a second, did you ever use the elevator switches to do things? Yeah, I used them all the time to... I almost always used them to trigger sound detectors. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> I haven't found sound detectors yet. Because, like, I, I found that, like, I would try to use them to knock out walking guards who were walking in front of a uh, an electrical outlet. And I found that to be... Half interesting, half annoying. Trying to time. Yeah, because you had to make the the, make the elevator arrive. I basically never used the electrical knockout thing because of those timing issues. There was okay. there was never a time when it was like ah, there is a light switch that I can use to knock out this guard using the electrical system. They always segregated the circuits such that you had to. It, it's like that was the tricky mode. Hmm. I see. And so I was you know what? I'm just going to go up there and fucking punch that guy. <laughs> like, okay. or, you know, and if it's an armored guy, I'm going to figure out a way to lock him in a room so that he can't see me. And if that means I don't get the laptop on this level, then I don't get the laptop on this level. Ah, man, the laptop has all the good story bits. Though. Yeah, but I mean, I can read them on a wiki or something okay. somewhere, I guess. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to go back to the swapper. I feel like I'm... 15% of the way through it and I just like oh. I don't it is not compelling me to play it anymore you know and whereas Gunpoint I finished in like two sittings uh, the swapper used up its two sittings <laughs> I mean I'm not sad that I bought it like it is you know it's neat it's like it's like Braid Troid <laughs> <laughs> okay um, 
But I mean, you know, really, it's it's compared to Metroid, but it is only because there are these irising doors and a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the, uh, the it's like sort of caves with irising metal. It doesn't have like a, tech, a world that you explore doors. and a map. No, it does. It does have a it does have a map that you explore. I don't I don't think that you ever gain any new verbs, which to me is sort of the hallmark of Metroid. Um, speaking of which. I played a game. I played a game that I described to Riff earlier today as the binding of "Don't shit your Castlevania," <laughs> um, which Rogue Rogue Legacy, the new game from "Don't Don't Shit Your Pants Man." Uh, the demo is out. Like I pre-ordered it, and yeah, I, I don't remember if like pre-ordering it gave me access to the demo or if the demo is just a thing you can get. But Jesus Christ, it is good. I cannot wait for that fucking game to come out. <laughs> like even knowing it was a demo and my progress was going to be reset, I played and unlocked everything that was available to unlock in the demo because it was just fucking fun. Nice. Um. So it is. It is a side-scrolling, procedurally generated just hit things with swords and earn gold to buy unlocks for new gear that you can wear in future runs through. Um, it's, it's less about powering up during the run that it, it, it's like more of a sort of a long-term across playthroughs progression thing than it is a, than it is a binding of Isaac where like sometimes you'll get lucky and get a good build. Mm -hmm. It, it lets you pick from a limited set of characters for each run, and they each there there are four character classes, and only three characters are available to you. So it forces you to change up your playstyle a little bit, or it either you either have to change up your playstyle or just resign yourself to the fact that you're just going to get killed a lot if you're not playing a class that you're good at. <laughs> um, but it also it gives every character these properties. <laughs> that sometimes have really significant impacts on the way the game plays. Like, sometimes you will just be twice as big in both dimensions <laughs> as other characters, and so you're, it's really hard for you to dodge stuff. Sometimes you're like, you're, you're an ectomorph, and so you... I forget, is ectomorph is the fat guy? <laughs> and so, like, hits don't knock you back the way that they normally do. Sometimes you're, like, extra strong, so your hits knock enemies back a lot, which is just huge and just changes the way the really basic, like, hit flying eyeball with sword play works. Hmm. Um, Neat. Sometimes you are colorblind, so the are, whole game... Is this game... the one that has the... Or I'm, am I thinking of... Uh... <clears throat> this is the thing where you, you're passing down traits to... I don't... I don't... I don't right? think that you are. I don't think that you are actually passing down traits to descend. Is it like it builds a family tree, but it doesn't like I haven't seen where Oh, is it just it's just random. Yeah, it's I think the, uh, I think it is just random. It's massive chalice where you're actually where you pass down traits mm. to. Uh -huh. But so you can be colorblind and then the whole fucking thing is just in black and white, which makes it really hard because <laughs> it's super hard to distinguish things in the foreground from things in the background. You can have you can have stereo blindness which just makes it so whenever you change direction, your guy spins around like he's made out of paper. Like everything, <laughs> everything instead of using the turnaround animation, just flips like it's 2D. Um, oh, that's hilarious. That you can you can be nearsighted, so things that are far away from you on the screen are blurry, which just is super oh. fucking unpleasant to, to play. 
Um, wow. You can have irritable bowel syndrome, which just makes it so you fart every time you jump. <laughs> like, um, there is also, and this is a thing that I found actually a lot of, you can be like diminutive in stature, which means, which makes you really small, but also there are tons of like secret passages that you can go into that you can only go into if you have oh, that wow. property. Um, and oh. these are, but these are randomly generated levels. Yeah. So sometimes that, that'll happen. Yeah. Some, yeah, and, sometimes, yep. and, some, yeah. and sometimes you'll be small and excited and then you won't get any of the secret passages. Ugh. And it's just like, oh, what the fuck? Um, so supposedly there is, there is a boss and when you beat the boss, the demo is over and the boss is like the end of the first of four sort of big world areas that you go through, I think. Um, and he said that in the demo only 100 of 300 possible rooms are represented like part of the part of the way he limited the demo was by just limiting the variety of the rooms that are generated mm -hmm. and he said so it's going to get more repetitive than than the final game will but it everything that i see out of this company just makes me think that they they just so totally have their heads screwed on right <laughs> that like yeah, I don't so know. So besides man. the don't shit your pants, what did, what have they done? Uh, did that, that I have one. That I have one day. Yeah, that was super great. Yeah, um, which I did not. I didn't really play that exhaustively, but I really respected what they were doing with it, even though I, I recognized I that played it wasn't it exhaustively. No, I know, I know. And, but I, I just sort of <laughs> knew that it kind of wasn't the the fully dealing with that was not really for me. Hmm. Um, sure. And they did they did one other thing. That I this is, yeah they're they're I agree that they are they know what they're doing and I mean just just the fact that don't shit your pants was actually a good game <laughs> right how it like <laughs> sometimes there are there are these reward rooms and sometimes the reward is just a picture of a screenshot from one of the other games <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah it's uh, man I am I could not be more excited about the release of, of what, yeah, Rogue what's the Legacy. Schedule on that? I don't know. I like it seems like it's done. It was done, but the response to the Kickstarter convinced them or was it even a Kickstarter? I don't know. Uh, response yeah. to pre orders or something made them decide to add some more features to it. Hmm. Huh. Um so there were and also I think maybe they got greenlit so it's yes. it's yeah, it's possible that getting greenlit meant that they had to integrate Steam achievements before they can release it, oh, I see. which is potentially hairy, from what I've heard. What what do you know what uh, platform it was developed? On? I don't. I mean, they worked in Flash. This doesn't feel like a Flash game, but. I wouldn't necessarily know. Okay. Interesting. Um, but yeah, man, it was good. Even just the demo. Just the demo. Um, also, I also played another game that I forget where this came from, but it's, uh, I, I, it must have been some kind of game, jam game, but it was called Your Swimsuit Jumped Over Its Own yes. Weathercock, You Liar. What? Um, which is just, it's, it is a super, it is a super simple, like, 
Japanese dating sim style game where all it is is dialogue trees and backdrops against which there is a girl in various states of undress. But all of the text is randomly generated. Everything that the girl says is based on some big corpus of anime transcripts. Yeah, it's and all everything, Markov chains. And everything that you say is based on a corpus of the works of Charles Dickens. <laughs> and wow it's it is not very good no uh, it is i i don't like it when people do random text generation in a way that it is just painfully obvious to me how it can yeah. work better yeah and this like the, it it does this random text generation with zero regard for sentence structure yeah and it would be uh, so easy to fake that yeah so that it wouldn't be annoying but they just didn't, and it, it makes me angry. You get a lot of sentences starting with not capital letters. You get a lot of uh, sentences just being cut off without a finish because it because it hit whatever the arbitrary word length was for that piece of dialogue. And I mean, even and, if it just stuff cut like off that, a random yeah. word, but put a but put a period on it or yeah, something, then yeah, would, then it'd be like, fine. It, it becomes it it makes it really really obvious yeah. that it's randomized, and so you don't bother reading it. Mm-hmm. No, like because nice. it it like it it becomes less of a because reading text that is generated even via really simple randomization algorithms, where like you just. You build a database that is just every pair yeah. of words that happen one after the other, and then when you encounter a word, you randomly select yeah, from the set of things that, that do that. I mean, that's, that's just, what a Markov chain is—the easiest is. way to do it. But if you're not, if you don't massage it a little bit, it's really it can be really dissatisfying. Yeah. And if you do, if you if you just if you make it look like real text, something about that just triggers in you the desire to read it as though it is a sentence, and then the fact that it is not a sentence makes you laugh. Yeah. And it becomes and, hilarious. But, yeah. but where it, it in a way that in a way that just a random sequence of words would not, because it wouldn't seem like it was supposed to be a sentence. But right. It, it's a neat idea. It's a really funny idea, just uh, half-assed. Yeah, and I didn't really mess with it to see like if there is a structure or if the if the responses to things are just chosen at random. They are. They, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went through picking like the same, the exact same option, the exact same different. option each time. You know, that's yeah, the definition got different, of insanity. Different results. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Clicking on the same nonsense twice in a row. Um, I played I played a little bit of like a this almost never happens. I played a little bit of just a random like triple A game that huh? I bought, which was a, a Call of War as Gunslinger. Huh. Oh yeah. Because it has a neat conceit. I, I I heard about this on some like on the besties or something, just like some random podcast where they were talking about it. It it was it was it was like fifteen bucks and it is kind of like just a like a short story in the engine of the Call of Juarez games i don't i think it's it's probably five or six hours long and i only played the first say hour of it but it is the conceit of it is you are like a bounty hunter like an old west bounty hunter and you walk into a bar and there's some people sitting at a table who are like oh man are you that bounty hunter i'm gonna buy you a beer so you can tell us stories of the different things that have happened and then the missions are you telling these stories but Every once in a while, like, one of them will contradict you, and so you will 
sort of like, well, okay. And then the level will rearrange itself based on you retelling the story or like something oh, like neat. it's like, oh no, I didn't actually kill that guy. You're right. But you still had the showdown with him. Right. And so it, it's just, huh. yeah, it, it like just hearing it described that way. It's like, you know what? That sounds pretty neat. Hmm. Then playing it, it was, it kind of had the Bioshock Infinite problem where it's like, all right, well, they've decided that there needs to be some game here. So then the posse of 90 identical cowboys attacked me <laughs> from various cover points in this lumberyard. And you just have to do a lot of that, which is, you know, whatever. I mean, you play it on an easy difficulty and it's fine. There's a, there's a kind of a neat leveling up system where it the power-ups that you get like really pretty significantly change the way the game plays. Hmm. Like there's one that like time slows down for a second when you go into iron sights. Hmm. So it's like, that's like, oh, yeah, okay, that wow. That is cool. a reason to go into iron sights, which I've never understood why iron sights was an innovation in... What is iron sights? Well, <laughs> it is in a first person shooter, it is you being able to go into a mode where you are looking down the barrel of the gun okay. like... Yeah. Like a guy shooting a gun would. Using the actual sights on the gun instead of the little HUD crosshair on your screen. Which not it's not a scope, it's a it's just the Yeah, like, it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't zoom in. It just And I don't so I think maybe why it is an innovation this is just, uh, and like I hope that somebody will correct me. I hope that somebody will explain to me why this is a thing that anybody's like, "Oh my god, I think that maybe when you're playing a first-person shooter on a console, going into iron sights also changes the sensitivity of the movement. Oh, that could be. So yeah. that you can aim more carefully. But with a mouse, the way that you change the sensitivity of the movement is just by <laughs> moving it slower. You know? Right. Or, or just by moving it to where you want to go, <laughs> which is why no one should ever play a first-person shooter on a fucking console. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I, it, it was a cool game and I, I don't, I, you know, I will maybe go back to it and play the rest of it. And it's also like, this guy is just a liar. So it's like, well, this mission is the time I met Billy the kid. And this mission is the time that I, you know, met Butch Cassidy and the, <laughs> like, so it's, it's just this sort of like crazy sort of like Western, like fantasized Western <coughs> thing, which, you know. Yeah. That's probably pretty West, cool. Westerns are cool. I also, um, I kind of went on a Diablo 3 bender. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. No way. I'm not... Not proud I'm of it. I'm not precisely proud, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... So, that said, I I, I picked up a, a wizard that I had gotten up to, like, level 10, and I've only been playing multiplayer. Okay. And... My barbarian that is level 46 had like 35 hours played and yeah. this wizard is level 40 with 8 hours played. Huh. So I don't know if Ooh. they I don't know if they cranked up the rate at which you get experience or if being in a four player game just makes you get experience four times as fast or even I think it might or actually, even two or three might, yeah. two or three times as fast. But um yeah man wow, that's crazy. I cannot even fucking I cannot even fucking hang in a solo game. Like, I am just dead the first time I hit <laughs> anything. But somehow, I mean, like, I feel like there's just dudes power leveling 
alts and they're just carrying me like i feel like if i'm in a four-person group there are always three sets of footprints in the sand from where the from where the cultists have used an illusion to try to hide their tracks but uh (laughs) yeah it's and i've also found myself gravitating towards a build that allows me to do damage to enemies while not actually understanding which of the things on the screen are enemies <laughs> because like what well anytime you play a game with a witch doctor in your party yeah, sure it's sure. like all right which of these 90 zombies that are on the screen which of these like 90 multicolored monsters are the ones that i'm supposed to kill and it's largely the ones that pop up a little tooltip with a health bar when you mouse over them, but then they also move around real fast. Like, I feel like maybe I'm getting a taste of what it was like for you, Riff, when we tried to play that multiplayer Diablo 2 game, right. and all of us had played a fuckload of Diablo 2, so we were yeah. moving real fast and just ignoring most and of the were, loot on the you ground. you were all freaking druids and summoners and shit, dude. Yeah, and so, the, yeah. <laughs> but, so, but, what, like, what are the spells that let you attack things without... Well, so so like disintegrate is is just like you sort of sweep that back and forth across the oh, big the laser beam. Yeah, sure. yeah, the the one that penetrates, not like the 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 yeah, frost yeah. beam thing that you get. But disintegrate and then every time I try out a new version of anything, I just go back to the disintegrate which is extra wide so that it can hit more stuff. Yeah, no, that's without that you. The that I used when I played with you. Yeah, it's just like death laser is just so cool. Yeah, and and yeah, I need to maybe switch back to that like big AOE meteor or something because I uh, some of the stuff that I have in the build is like I I I feel like an asshole for calling it a build because it is totally fucking <laughs> not a build in my loadout in my yeah, in my kit is uh you know like that time the bubble that slows down time is pretty cool. Because you can be running away from stuff and maybe get back to where the rest of the guys are fighting so they can <laughs> so they can kill all the stuff you just aggroed and then res you when you invariably die. Ah, man. And I don't even know what I don't even know what I want out of this. It's like part of me kinda wants to see the end game, but then I remember that the end game is just more of the game. Mm. Right. You know, there are some different mechanics to explore, but it's not even like it's not even like Path of Exile where there are fundamental new mechanics to explore, like the maps, right? You know? And I, I think, well, I'm just I'm playing this and I'm eventually gonna give up. But it's fun, right? <laughs> like that's allowed. You're allowed to have fun. I feel like it's empty calories. Like I feel I feel but like that's okay. That is okay. I know, except I feel like playing Diablo 3 is a symptom of me being depressed. As oh. opposed as opposed to like an expression of what I want to do with my life. You know. And and I and I I mean I get that if I were really concerned with with qualitatively with what I wanted to do with my life, I would not be I would not spend nearly as much time playing video games, I guess. Right? I would probably go help the poor. (laughs) 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 Uh, I almost was able to say that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. Like, it just, it felt like, uh, I guess I'm doing this again. (laughs) It's like, like I, I should be under a bridge playing this. Even though, if you ask me in the cold light of day, I would say that I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. I just, I go right back to it, you know. <laughs> Take me to the place I love, uh, Nutristrum. <laughs> what is the world that 
sanctuary is the world that Diablo right. takes place in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the first act of Diablo 3 is really good, and the whole rest of the game is pretty boring. Mm. Huh. You didn't, I thought the battlement section was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I hated that. I, I really? Thought, yeah, I just, I don't know what it was about that. It just felt... I really liked looking down over the battlements and seeing shit fighting off in the distance. Yeah, that just, that doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Huh. I don't know why. It is, and you know, I took some time, because I was mostly just sitting there sort of helping other people kill stuff, I had a lot more, I felt like I had a lot more time to look at the scenery. And I guess also because I wasn't playing a melee class, I didn't always have to be looking at me. Mm. I was mostly like vaguely aware of where I was and looking into the distance where the enemies were, which allowed me to sort of take in more of the scenery. And there, part of me is really conflicted about how to feel about this because if you listen to the internet Diablo 3 is a giant failure but like it sold like twice as many copies as Diablo 2 and there's a lot of fucking people playing and having a good time yeah so I don't know if there is any meaningful metric by which Diablo 3 is a is a failure but it's like it surprises me that it is good just because of the poisonous attitude that gets spewed about it on Hmm. on the internet don't don't read the comments yeah Yeah, i mean that's yeah don't go ass to mouth don't read the comments (laughs) but but then it's like it seems like they are reading the comments right because they every time you hear somebody interviewed who's working on diablo 3 it's like yeah we understand this fucking garbage we'll try and we'll try and just make it better like i mean they're like they're they're addressing some things that are actual problems like the itemization in the auction house i I don't think that worked out the way they wanted it to no it didn't i mean it sounded like a good idea that that said i do like this is this is the loop for diablo 3 for me and this is probably not the way that you're supposed to do this every time i every time i start playing the game i go to the auction house and i see if there are any really significant gear upgrades that I can get for like 10 or 20 or 30,000 gold, which is what I accumulated over the last play session. And if there is, I buy it. And then when I go in there, I equip it. When I get a full inventory full of stuff, I don't even look at it. I don't even look at what the enchantments are on it. I just Uh salvage it all. Wow. And then I craft stuff at the blacksmith until I get something that like if if I have a slot that is under leveled and the blacksmith can make something good for that slot, wow. then I just roll. It's it's like I'm playing the version of Diablo two where the only thing loot drops are for is giving you gold to gamble with <laughs> Ghibli or whatever that guy's name is. What was that guy's name? Uh, I only remember when Wirt did it. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, I like. And I guess the game probably trained me at some point that nothing that drops is going to be worth equipping. Yeah. Because it basically isn't. Very, very rarely. I, You know, when I was... I would save stuff for alts when I first started playing, but even that is... Yeah. I kept... Every once in a while, I'd look in my stash, and I'm like, well, this is all the stuff I saved for potential alts. Do I want to equip any of this? And nope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Because I'm because of the style of play, I only care about DPS. 
right? And so I only care about one stat that could be on items. Hmm. And and the thing is, like, I feel like in Diablo 2, if you were optimizing, all you cared about was the item drop. But in this, because of the auction house, you don't even care about that. Like, hmm. you know, maybe you want gold drop. I, I was so close. I was so close to buying some gold for cash for cash because for a dollar I could have gotten 30 million gold which basically would have let me buy anything in the gold auction house wow. and I was like you know what I'll do that I'll do that so that I can talk about it I will I will do a thing that is probably going to ruin this experience for me yeah because I kind of I feel like I should stop playing <laughs> and so ruining this experience and having a story about it would not be a thing you, would not be a waste of yeah, time. Yeah, but you can't put money in your Battle.net wallet without setting up an authenticator. Uh, and I didn't oh, wow. And I didn't want to set up an authenticator because I potentially log into my Battle.net account on three or four different computers and I don't and I I know that I sh- I I probably should do it and just use the fucking telephone one, mm. but I don't want to have to do I don't want to have to like like I already wish that I didn't have to put in my password when I wanted to play one of those fucking games. Hmm. I wish it was just like, you know what? Anybody who's at this computer is me. Like, it's fine <laughs> for you to just fucking let me save the password on this computer. It's 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 so weird that, like, playing the single-player campaign of StarCraft II, I gotta type in my Battle.net password. Like, I understand, I guess, why it would occur to them to do that, but why can't I save it? Like... Hmm. And especially because, like, after my World of Warcraft account got hacked, I had to, I mean, this is a perfect argument for why all of the things, <laughs> all of the things that I'm asking for are things that I shouldn't get. But I, like, I had to change, I changed my Battle.net password to something, like, complicated that I don't use anywhere else, and it's like, yeah, it's, yeah remember <laughs> that all the time. And then I made it so, I, <laughs> I changed my online banking password to be the same so that it would be a thing that I could actually remember. Oh, God, this is so great. I am like, I am just a case study in horrible security and how and how horrible security doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't make any difference. Like, the number, the number of just like, like, if you thought about it, just like nutsack clenching, catastrophic security issues that we've had with Kingdom of Loathing. How did you know my password is and, nutsack and how clutching? absolutely none of them had anything to do with the strength of any of my passwords? <laughs> like, okay, sure. You know, it just like it's sort of like, aren't you concerned that your hat doesn't have wires leading from its bill to the ground in case you get struck by lightning? It's like, Here, here's no, thing, like if you if your password was literally the word password, I am guessing that there have been dozens or even maybe hundreds of people that have tried to log in as you with the top 10 or 20 most common passwords. Just well, sure. No, I mean, that's why our sophisticated AI that determines whether your password is too easy to guess on KOL consists entirely of how many other accounts have this password. (laughs) And if it is more than, like, five, you're not. But, I mean, that was before, like, so that's basically how many of the first, like, 10,000 KOL accounts had this password, right? Right. I mean, and that really does stop. I mean, it stops a guy from trying to log on as you, but it probably doesn't stop a rainbow party. (laughs) (laughs) 
Those don't even exist. <laughs> no, I know. That's what that's what they call it when a bunch of hackers get together with all of the pill bottles from their parents' medicine cabinets and they just pour it in a big bowl and take handfuls of it. Ah, uh, and then they play Dungeons and Dragons and worship the devil. Ah, uh, yep. that's enough. <laughs> What's in the news, Kevin? Uh, most interesting thing this week... Or I guess it's been two weeks since our last uh, news segment uh, was Amazon launching an indie game store. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically the same space as Steam and the Humble Bundle. Uh, they have a lot of like bundled games. Um, it's they got the same, although I guess different deals. That they've got the the same sort of profit model as Steam does. They've got uh, they want thirty percent. Um, but I mean, well, I guess the humble store is not pay what you want. Do they? So does Amazon? Like, I was aware of this, and it seems like the kind of thing that I would be interested in. But I did not go look at it. Oh, the Amazon. <laughs> yeah, store? did did, did you? It's not particularly well laid out. I mean, it's kind of like Amazon, right? Yeah. Which is if you if you're going there without knowing what you want, it's uh, it's not all that. Crazy. Wait, why would you go to Amazon if you didn't know what you wanted? Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? So I'm not sure that having, like, Steam does a really good job of, like, proposing games to you, mm-hmm. right? Where I don't feel like n- no other service that I have used does that, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I guess... Humble Bundles do because they are curated collections. Right. I mean, when you go to Amazon.com, there are probably things... 300 things to click on. On sale. No, there are probably 300 things that you could click on on that website, which, you know, that just triggers my everything is bullshit (laughs) instinct that just makes me want to make websites that are just a single picture. I mean, it does do a lot of the, hey, if you like this, maybe you'll like this. Yeah. I mean, occasionally... People who bought these always Well, so every once in a while when I... Every once in a while I will use that thing that is often bought at the same time yeah. because there are three things that I'm trying to buy and there are three things that are in a set. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, occasionally I, a sequel to something that I have purchased has come out and I am informed of it that way, yeah, but same. it's pretty rare. I mean, when I was buying a ton of 4th edition D&D books, like in the beginning of that when I was like, "Oh, I'll just buy all of them." Like, that's a thing <laughs> that I would like and I, you know, and they're 20 bucks each and it's like 20 bucks every 3 months. When one of these man, comes out, when I was out. a kid, that was like like I would save up. No, I know, man. Like I would, I would, I was lucky if like once every four or five months, when we took a trip to St. Louis or Evansville to go to a real mall, like if during that trip I could convince Dad to give me twenty dollars, then I would get a new D and D book. Right. But if I could only convince him to give me ten dollars, I would maybe get like a couple issues of Dragon or whatever. <laughs> Having having birthday and Christmas so close to each other was kind of rough because like I'd have to think real carefully about which source books I wanted to ask for because they had to tide me over basically for a whole year mm. if, if I anything that I didn't want to buy. Yeah, myself, see, my birthday stuff, is like so. smack dab in the middle of the summer, so yeah, that was you, that was a lot less of an issue for me. That's nice. That's nice timing. <clears throat> Your parents did a good job. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like fucking in March is equivalent to child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they, there ought to be, I don't know, there ought to be, like, uh, you know, mandatory sterilization at birth. <laughs> <laughs> really solve a lot of problems. 
What what else is in the news, Kevin? Moving on. <laughs> uh, Zynga uh, laid off 18% of its uh, workforce, which is about 520 people. Um, this came two months after an executive pay raise. So uh, good, on, good on them. Yeah. They're, they're great. Uh, was it okay? So here's a question: they du- The executives doubled their salaries. Was it? But was that significant enough that it would have paid even a tiny fraction of those 520 people? I what I what I don't want. Yes. What I don't it want would have been probably a hundred of them, honestly. Okay. What I don't want is to exaggerate things when the bare facts <laughs> with no editorial embellishment are yeah. bad enough. Yeah. So uh, their their profit margin increased by 10 million dollars i think or they're they're like their their expectation of profit or whatever those you know whatever the sec filings are um after they laid a bunch of people off and i think there were uh, maybe it wasn't uh, it wouldn't have been a hundred of them there were at least five or six executives whose salaries doubled which probably would have paid for each one of them probably would have paid for four or five. So maybe it's only like 30, 30 to 50 people. So maybe 10% of the people they laid off would have been, could have been paid for by not having doubled their salary. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing, right? A million dollars, like giving a CEO a million dollar raise seems like a lot of money, well, but it doesn't pay as many dudes as you would think it would. It's 10 or 20. It's, right? it's, and that's, it's, at a, that's at a really good wage. It's 10 at, it's 10 at a good wage. Because it's not because I think a lot of people would be happy to work on making video games for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Especially if they're not in but, like but, San Francisco, or New York, or something, right? right? But then, but then that fifty thousand dollars is not actually fifty thousand dollars, right? I mean, it's probably it's more because they're not getting taxed. At such a high no, rate. I'm saying it's pro- it's it doesn't cost Zynga fifty thousand dollars to pay somebody fifty thousand dollars. It probably costs Zynga seventy or seventy five thousand dollars. Well, because they have to provide space and well and payroll and tax and unemployment tax i mean you you do our books you know how this shit yeah. works it's not it's not it's like not as bad super, it's super not super as bad as people always told me but it's like 30 percent. it's like an additional 30 percent on top of somebody's salary is what it costs to have them as an employee at at you know like not very good wages <laughs> um yeah uh let's hear state of decay i don't know if you have seen that or no heard, i've I, heard about it i would really like to play it sounds really good pc i would really like yeah. to play it on a pc it sold two hundred fifty thousand copies on xbox live arcade in the first 48 hours i think hmm. maybe maybe not 24 hours um, and that was that was this. enough profit to allow bill gates to quit his job <laughs> <laughs> it was the second fastest game on xbla after minecraft huh so uh, apparently it is doing really well. I've heard just tons and tons of really good things about it. Wow. You know what I saw when I went to a GameStop a couple weekends ago was a boxed version of Minecraft hmm. for the Xbox really? 360. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Guess. That's neat that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it is it is neat that something that is so, so good also got really popular yeah. like that is yeah. just that is just really it's a game that deserves it is really reassuring yeah. to me that something whose graphics are laughable by modern standards but is just you know the purest distillation of like fun yeah, yeah. like i'm ah yeah. oh, man 
I like yep. it. Just it just makes me like there are so few things that make me feel good about the world. Did you see that Scrolls in its even in its limited beta release is already profitable? Like they've already made back the development costs. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I would have bought it if I hadn't heard a bunch of reviews that said it was boring. Hmm. But all of those were by people who bought it. <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It does not seem like a game that I would be into at all. But I'm. I don't. I have never really enjoyed computer-based like card game analogs, and so I don't. I don't understand what the, the appeal I, is for those. I, I kind of feel that way, but I'm. I'm taking a big risk on that hex Kickstarter. Oh, Jesus that seems Christ! Like you know what I finally good. realized is that you can individually turn off fucking updates. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I realized that too. Just the other day. God. There haven't been that many for hex, there were have there? Thirty. Oh. There were thirty goddamn updates. I I just joined it at like That's right at the end. So. What <sighs> a day. Yeah, I've I've taken to on a lot of Kickstarters, just being like, this seems like it'd be interesting. I'm just gonna remind myself to come back. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing that sucks. Like, I wish there was a, how about you only send me an email when there is something to fucking say? (laughs) Yeah. God. That was the most frustrating thing about running our fucking Kickstarter was people saying, you're not doing enough updates. It's like, nothing has happened since yesterday. (laughs) What the fuck do you want us to say? Like, ugh. Looks like it'll be pretty cool. I mean, that's the thing. I guess people really want Kickstarter updates if they have backed zero or one Kickstarters. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, every Kickstarter that brings in new audience wants a bunch of feedback. Right. And I think ours ours definitely was part of that. Like, you know, we had had an established audience that we brought to Kickstarter in a way that um, other places don't necessarily. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm not even going to find out when the Hex MMO comes out. Right. Oh, because you have no yeah. updates at all. I am. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward. Speak. So speaking of other cards, like I've got my name in for the beta for that card hunters thing, which sounds. Oh. It sounds kind of interesting. It's like it's like a CCG, except the cards are like your character yeah. has a pair of boots. Are you and still? The boots, are you still waiting to yeah. get on? Oh, because last I heard, they were they were sending out betas pretty much instantly. They're letting in 300 people a day and I signed up and then like two weeks later I was like, did I remember to sign up for that? And I went out and put my address in again and it was like, thanks for confirming. We'll still get to you. Oh, weird. Yeah. Because I'm, I've got... Yeah, no, I know. It seems like everybody's playing it. Yeah. And I I was just like... It's it's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't play it. um, I played it for about a week uh, uh, playing it for like an hour a day. Mm. And and That's haven't haven't got around to going back, but it's pretty cool. It gets it gets pretty hard. And, I mean, it's just it's a neat conceit where your deck building off. is like you equipping gear, right? Yeah, and this pair yeah. of boots is it's boots of speed, so this gives you five move fast cards yeah. or whatever. You know, I now that I think about it, I did pretty much the thing that you always do, which is that I gave them twenty bucks and then stopped oh. playing. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. You know, a kiss of death. You know, here's the money. thing: when you go to a restaurant, you eat a delicious meal, you give them money, and then you leave. <laughs> so we're just basically treating video games like that. Um, <laughs> so there's those free-to-eat restaurants where they're only profitable because of the whales. <laughs> uh, um, Icelandic restaurants. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to Hearthstone. 
That yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. looks really cool. Is that a virtual card game or is it a physical and No, it's virtual. It's it's just Okay. Um, if you watch the gameplay videos, like it really owns being a computer game. Yeah. Okay. Like it 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 only uses the card metaphor where it is useful to use the card metaphor. Okay. And that's it's, how, you know, it's like, that's it's how it's a lot like, how hex seems. They're gonna be they're gonna be kinda competitors. It's our buddy our buddy Edward the Odd is the lead guy on that and like it so it's like it's like I'll play a game that's designed by the guy that designed Vanilla WoW's crafting because <laughs> I know everybody fucking hated it for various reasons that I disagree with, but I thought it was real cool. <laughs> Um, let's see here there's a there's a new console kind of coming out that I thought was really neat it is uh, it's <clears throat> called the Retron 5 by Hyperkin it is uh, it's sort of like an emulator box that takes original cartridges from the NES Super NES Game Boy Game Boy Advance Game Boy Color Genesis and Famicom hmm. and it has slots for um, <clears throat> controllers for the, all the, the all those systems that had um, external controllers, and theoretically they're they're promising. I don't know if this is actually going to work. That it's going to be like hundred percent compatibility on all those systems, um, but also have like emulator capabilities like save states and stuff, which sounds kind of awesome. And also the box is going to cost under hundred bucks. Huh. Yeah, that's that. It is sort of unsurprising that the cost would be that low given. I guess. It I just mean, because I feel like, like if you were if you were to try and manufacture a Nintendo now, you could probably do that with fifty cents worth of materials. That might be a slight I mean, exaggeration, <laughs> but I, I'll bet I'll bet you for could for do it at scale for five bucks? bucks or ten bucks. Yeah. Really? I, I mean, I don't know anything about that kind of manufacturing, so what do I know? But like, it just seems like even having like to get the connectors to work right would be... Yeah, I mean, but that's probably the majority of it, right? Because everything else is basically done in... You would just do it in software, software. right? Like, you just... You would... You know, you have, like, a... Like a ROM that's just running Linux with a bunch of emulators on it. I would would think that Nintendo would be excited about an emulator box that required actual cartridges, because that seems like a perfect solution to the problem. Well, but they, I mean, they they don't sell the cartridges anymore, right? So they could, they totally could. Huh? Right. Like that's the thing. That's what I, that's what I was like, Oh, well, why don't they like, if this was a thing, why don't they actually back them and then bring back like collector's edition Hmm. old games or something on cartridges? Cause that like, those would totally be awesome items to own you know i mean i know that the the manufacturer of nintendo cartridges was like notoriously rough right like the quantities that they had to be made in for for them to be like worth producing and they had to order stuff months in advance like you had to when you were a third-party developer for the nes like you were yeah it was it was rough Huh. I don't know. I don't know much about the the politics. I mean, I only you know I only know from like specific from like reading that history of video games book and then from like listening to Retronauts from from them talking about which that's huh. did you back that Kickstarter uh-uh. Retronauts Return? No. I mean, I guess it mm. it's back whether you backed it or not. <laughs> but um, that's I'm excited about that. Um, sort of in that same retro thing. There's a there's <clears throat> I think it might be a Canadian film crew that is 
gotten permission to dig at the supposed uh, E.T. Atari cartridge dump site. Um, and they're going to make a documentary about about that whole process and sort of whatever mm. they unearth. And I don't know if it's going to be like one of those like Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. Well, I, I was mean, just going to say maybe that? they'll find Al Capone's vault. What could possibly be like? It seems like theoretically there is a bunch of other stuff besides ET cartridges that was dumped there. Oh. That is that's the story. <clears throat> like actual Atari units or something. Like who knows? Huh. And we'll see if it's in. But I mean, I think yeah, you could definitely make you could definitely make a documentary about how that game flopped and about the like rise and fall of Atari and stuff like that. And that could just be. Well, I mean, you could make a documentary about a guy trying to crawl up and down a hallway for a really long time, but it <laughs> doesn't mean that. So that's a joke about a documentary that Kevin tried to make. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't his fault, I think, the guy was real bad at crawling. <laughs> he was okay at crawling. He just uh, was not, did not satisfy Guinness's rules, so quit uh, like a third of the way through once he realized that he was not eligible for a breaking the world record. That's not my fault. <clears throat> um, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, a terrible story to tell, right? Like, it would be okay if he collapsed shortly before breaking the record, but <laughs> yeah, just quit because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like mm. Give it, giving up because he accidentally cheated. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is sort of the most that like what is the ET landfill equivalent of that? It was like, <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, we dro- we accidentally dropped our our backhoe into the ocean. <laughs> no, I mean actually, one of our guys did it on purpose. I, no, yeah, I don't know. No, that'd be pretty good. It was like. Operation Backhoe Drop. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So that's what I got. So. This assignment. Enchanter by Infocom. Yeah. I have comparatively little to say about this game. I I don't know why I chose this assignment. I ended up playing it. Uh, against a walkthrough because I thought I was the whole thing. Yeah, because I totally because I thought I was out of time, and, <laughs> and I needed oh, to I, I needed to finish it. And then it turned out I had a whole another week. See, I just fed a walkthrough into it because I thought I was automatic for the people. <laughs> I so I played it straight up for a while, and enjoyed the first maybe 60% of it and then hit like numerous walls and was just kind of pissed. Were they were they invisible walls that you had to turn yourself into a bat in order to be able to comprehend the maze? Basically, I think that might have been like, in, I, I think spent, that might have been in sorcerer. Yeah, and that was this one. <laughs> I spent like half an hour in that goddamn control room trying to figure out how to get out of there without dying on the trap. Because there were all these controls, and I was like, well, am I just not finding the right verb for these? Like, what the fuck? And it didn't occur to me to look. I had not yet encountered the turtle. Uh, right? So, like, I didn't even know that that might be a solution to this puzzle. Like, not knowing if you have the tools to solve a puzzle is kind of frustrating. Yeah. I, so, I feel like this game was more so than most Infocom games, like playing around with more systemy stuff mm-hmm. but yeah. but all the systems were kind of bullshit for various reasons i have, I have a list yeah. of, i have a list of why i think a lot of these systems were but bu- so like there's the adventurer was kind of a, a pain in the ass the, there's there's like the food you need food and you need to drink water and you need to sleep that and, and seemed really pointless basically yeah, yeah. because especially because 
games of this era, like adventure games of this era, were notorious for just forcing you to die and reload to yeah. be able to solve puzzles. Yeah. Like, there isn't... There is no meaningful way in which time passes in this game so, if you are expected to save and reload. Right? The, so the the bread puts a hard limit on how long you can take to beat the game. Right, but because right? that is the only food source and it runs yeah. out. And then you just right, but it's not so interesting. It's, so it's an it's optimization not puzzle because yeah, you save and not, reload. Like yeah. you, you Well, you say that, but like you make a bunch of progress solving stuff and you're going to have like it, it, unless unless you've been really diligent about backtracking and doing something optimally a second time through you could you could just run out of time right? like, but i mean the way that the way that you play it if you're trying to avoid running out of time is whenever you don't know what to do you save and then you experiment and then if you make progress you load go back. do yeah. the thing that makes the progress and yeah. then save again and like it just it yeah. it's like it's like a I, shitty no, it's agree. like a shitty timer that forces you to to play the save and load system instead of playing the game. Right. No, I definitely think it was it was an odd choice, but at the time it probably seemed like it made a bunch of sense. Well, sure. I mean, you know, they there wasn't anything. Did to you ever it play to, right? Suspended? No. It was another one of theirs that was. It was absolutely, like, unashamedly an optimization puzzle because the idea was is that you're you're this cryogenically frozen human whose job is to be cryogenically frozen in the computer complex that runs the country or whatever, and you're there in case there's a problem. You get woken up, and it's your job to... In, can instruct the robots that are ro wandering around in in the facility to fix things because they need like right a like human one of instructor them, because this this society that has the ability to cryogenically yeah, freeze yeah, people yeah. cannot can, make yeah cannot build a robots. robot that can both see and hear yes exactly right, so. there's there's one robot that can see and one robot that can hear one robot that has hands that can actually manipulate things instead of just carrying things around and so yeah there were like six or seven different robots and so it was just the this complete optimization puzzle of figuring out which robot you had to send where to do what when didn't it come with like a board and some tokens yeah it had like color form of, mat yeah. with little tokens for all the robots so you could track where they all are and you had a, a limited amount of time before the the other humans decided that you'd gone haywire and came to shut you down so you had to figure out what not only what had to be done but how to do it as quickly as possible and that it's this is kind of the same except by like they don't state as explicitly that that's what's going on right hmm. so you might have figured out all the puzzles and still be fucked because you don't have enough bread. I mean, like, requiring you to sleep at certain story beats so that you can have the dreams that reveal things just to the, you is... Just the one time. Sure. You only... But, like, I, did, w w this was something that I wasn't sure. W when you sleep and have dreams, it seemed like those were hinting at solutions to puzzles. Did, I don't know. Did I, did, I did not actually play the game. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Like, uh, so like I thought that I mean, that I played, was, I I played like 10 minutes of, of it just dicking around in the beginning and then I, and I, <clears throat> I died of thirst because I did not find the branch that led to the spring yeah. uh, okay. in my initial explorations. And so then I just read a bunch about the game. I read, you know, I read, nice. I read walkthroughs of it and I read transcripts and I read, hmm. you know, secrets, guides and stuff. And so it's okay. I, I feel like I, the sleep mechanism was a way for them to put in-game hints in there, but... That, that could be. I would buy that. I don't specifically remember what any of the dreams were, but that makes sense. Yeah, I never thought of it as a way to solve a puzzle because I was just too stubborn. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like it, it never at any point helped me solve a puzzle, but it seemed like... I, I, I have this vague memory of the, the two or three times that I slept and read the description of it describing situations which sounded like something that i encountered in the in the, in the game um but yeah it just it did seem like a, an unnecessary set of systems the the spells i thought were was both a failure and a triumph in terms of game systems right because i really enjoyed collecting the different mm-hmm. spells and the verbs and stuff like that i really didn't like having a limited memory yeah and having to rememorize things every time you use yeah, them. Yeah, the memorization seemed really extraneous. Why why can you not just It was very D&D. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. a lot of like the game va- was very fancy and yeah. that's fancy and magic, right? Like whatever. Didn't Jack Vance like just die? I know Ian Banks just died. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. But like the, whatever whatever it was that Jack Vance wrote that was like the sort of foundation of g- the magic system Spell that Gygax put into D and D, which was like this is how this is how magic works. Like you got to put this yeah. pattern in your brain by deliberately studying it and then using it makes it go away. Like w- uh, what I wrote was that the in in my notes here the 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 spell system was another case where it's like they've systemized stuff that like the spells are basically like inventory objects except right, but don't take any yeah space. except with like weird shitty limits that make it so you can only use them if you remember to do something earlier and like yeah. the fact that there are these puzzles where you make a move and then if you don't have the right three spells memorized you're dead yeah, right that that the end game yeah. of the end game was incredibly frustrating yeah. right it was because that's definitely a save load puzzle but it's multi-step situations and like if you haven't if you haven't gotten the right spell yeah like not knowing that you can't beat it Jesus. yeah yeah like and there are some there are some spells hidden in places that are really fucking hard to find <laughs> ah man like it, there were things about this game that i really liked and things that i really really didn't like and it was it was interesting to see an early version of because I hadn't. I guess I had not played this. I thought I had played it before, but I totally had never finished this before. Um, I might have started it. Um, I know I played all the way through it when I was like in my say like nineteen ninety eight. Like wow, there is all this IF everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I had I had a run around two thousand one where I played a bunch of old IF and sort of IF comp games and stuff that I really enjoyed. <clears throat> You know, there are, there are a lot of neat one, right? things about this game, but I don't know. It 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 almost feels like this is an argument for why IF is not very good. Well, it was also very very early IF before yeah. people had really started realizing what works well and what doesn't. And I mean, I guess if it's like 
this is the one computer game that you have this year. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, right. when I think about like all the time that I spent playing Space Quest, yeah. All of the objections that I would have to the puzzles in Space Quest now, they were just like, well, I guess I'm just going to walk my little dude around this area for months, <laughs> not making any progress, and then eventually it'll occur to me to try something or I'll talk to somebody at right. school who knows how to get past a thing. I another I just the parser is so bad at having trying to have conversations with people like yeah that is like the one like infocom's parser is astonishing at dealing with you telling your dude to do things yeah but trying to talk to other people like you there are just specific sets of and i just never remember them ever like they're like tell foo to follow you or whatever is so important (coughs) in this (laughs) and if you can't remember that kind of construction it is just like hitting your head against a it wall. It was weird. It's I read so I read annoying. two walkthroughs. One of them was like the silver spoon is an item that doesn't do anything. And mm-hmm. another one is if you are carrying the silver spoon, the adventurer will always follow you. Oh, really? The uh, in the one I used, the adventurer followed me cuz I showed him the egg. Mm. If you have I think he also wants the knife. Mm. I think if you have the knife with you, he will follow you. I think it's anything shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed the description of the uh, when you tell the adventurer to open that door. The 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 yes. door that's super elaborate, covered with what turns out to be illusions. That was right. that was that. Uh, I really enjoyed that moment. That was some good writing. It was really annoying if the adventurer picked up. The pencil or the eraser, and that that yeah, after you get in, pencil there, eraser yeah. map puzzle was. I don't know if my display of the map was just broken in the parser that I was using. It just like did not make any fucking sense to me. I had to yeah, use I to just, get that to work. When I got to that part of the walkthrough, I was <clears> like, <throat> I have no idea what you're telling me to do, but okay, I'll do it. Uh, oh, was that the one I with guess the it like, worked. little ASCII map of? It's, yeah, it did not. The description, the description of the map that I read in the walkthrough did not match the description that I was shown on the screen in, the, in my Z machine huh. parser. Mm. And I do not understand like how, and it wasn't it, just like a fixed width versus variable I, maybe, width font. I, I don't know. It was so fucking confusing. Like that was, that was the point at which I was like, okay, I'm just going to work on this walkthrough <laughs> from now on. Cause like that was so frustrating to try to figure out. Well, we got a lot of show in the can, so that should yeah. maybe be everything that we have to say about Enchanter. Next assignment, yep. uh, Riff says we should play Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Yep. I got uh, partway through episode one. Yeah, I've already played episode one, but episode two just came out, so I'll play that. Yeah. It is. This might be our most expensive uh, assignment. Oh, because it was 25, 25 bucks for it. Wow, yeah. Yeah, well, that's for all five parts, though, right? Sure, so. sure. It's just interesting. Um that it's we don't we don't do these triple a titles yeah yeah these big high budget (laughs) super high poly count uh yeah there is a they did they yeah we we went to this uh we went to the that talk at gdc about the water physics of kentucky route zero there is what's do you happen to know what the name is of the free demo thing that's not actually a demo uh, but oh God, just it's like levels and oh yeah something no, like that truth and consequences yeah uh, so what? well what if anybody listening that likes to play along but doesn't want to spend the money for the actual game look up 
Yeah, Truth and Tribulations or whatever it's called, and uh, that's free. Limits and Demonstrations. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so basically, is that it, was their effort that... to sell half as many copies as they would normally sell. <laughs> is it an actual demo? Is it a play? No, it's it's it is a sh- short side story that is related to the rest of the game and has similar gameplay. Huh? Does it is it at, like is it worth playing before and or after the main? Game? Uh, yeah, it, yeah. If you're gonna play the regular game, you should also play this first or. Second. That I couldn't say. I played it. I played it uh, after finishing part one. Yeah. So here's a question: When you're playing part one, is it obvious when you're done? Like, is there an end? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as I recall. All right. Because I was sort of just dicking around, and I didn't really know. I didn't feel like I was working towards any goal, hmm. so I didn't know when hmm. I had accomplished it. So my goal was like, I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> so speaking of which, I'm going to go get a beer now for like a week. Woo! I'm going on a week-long bender, and we'll be back, and I won't have played it because they don't have computers in Bender. <laughs> bender or Bender Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us listener mail that we'll never read. Yes, uh, you can tweet at us at VGHotDog. You can email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com, and you can check out our website, VideoGamesHotDog.com, with a link to our forums. You even said there were a lot of forum questions this time. <laughs> hmm? I remember, oh, yeah? Didn't you? I remember you saying that, right? I don't think I said that. I think you're confusing me with Jenny. Oh. We both, <laughs> have, we both have spunky new haircuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe I, maybe I was thinking about the KOL show. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Well, uh, good night, everybody. I've had a I've had a great time doing this episode of Video Games Hot Dog, and I hope you've had a shitty time listening. <laughs> I don't really hope. That. Have good, a great week, good night. <laughs>that was just so he would appear larger to his yeah. enemies. <laughs> I mean, to predators. To the predator. Yeah, to the predator. Yeah, he also he also had like a hat warmer so that the predator would be able to see his hat and like, oh fuck, it's a shark. I better not fuck with that walking shark. That's truly nature's fiercest predator. <laughs>